Hello, is that the hospital? It is. Oh, hello. Uh, one of you can help me. My name is Mr. Simpkins. Yeah. Uh, and I'm writing a book about amnesia. Do you have a name of a man there who's expert in it? I have... Uh, I'm afraid I don't. Um... Oh, hello. Yeah, I wonder if you can help me. My name is Simpkins. Uh, and I'm doing this book about amnesia, and I wondered if you've got a name that you could uh, give me of an expert, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just a secretary here, so I wouldn't know. Right. Um, it's probably a person who's actually works here full time. They probably know. Can I help you? Fun. Can I help you? You phoned? No, I didn't. So hold on, let me get this straight. You you want two hundred weight of nutty slack, or is it smokeless or not? Sorry, I think we got... Right, I'll tell you what. Hello, my name's Mr Simpkins. Oh, right. Right. Um, I wonder... Do I recognise your voice, aren't you? Didn't I speak to you some moments ago? Yes, you did. Right, OK. Who did? Can you tell me where you're from? Thursday. Fun? i tell you something. I feel a song coming on. When I get older, losing my mind, talking to myself... Will you have me locked up by the NHS? Doubly incontinent, it's all for the best. If I mistake your portable phone for the lavatory, will you disown me? Say you never known me when I'm 83. Once I'm in the hospital, you're moving to my terraced house with your lovely wife and throw my things away. Dementia, everyone says, and they point at me. Nurse, nurse, I've done a tinkle and a ploppy. Yes, you have, Mr. Lobby, but you've forgotten to take your trousers off again, you stupid man. He's a textbook Alzheimer's, the doctors agree. Electroconvulsive therapy. They say I'm wandering in my mind, but my wife is Hitler, you know. I buggered a nun. Whipped off her wimple. Claire Rayner is me dad. There's nothing but crap on the radio. I'm switching on my telly. Oh, I'll switch on my fictional television, all right. I switch on my fictional television. But unfortunately, notice that the sound effect for a television being switched on has been borrowed from the library, so I'm forced to make the sound myself. So I'm forced to make the sound myself. Listen, click. All right, it's not up to the drama. All right, it's not up to the drama department standard, but I'll try again. I'll try it again. I'll try it Click. Greasing the cucumber and ramming it firmly home with a mallet until the bulb lights up. Oh. And there'll be more entertainment from Steve Race with the emphasis on chronic disability oh. at the same time next week. Oh, I like him, Steve Race. And now on BBC Two, if the next programme were comedy, my voice would start to go all high and frothy and yeah. I'd speak faster. <laughs> However, the next programme is serious and oh. so my voice will go all important, oh. revelly and slow. Oh, dear. It's nine o'clock and time for the second in our six-part series of fly-on-the-wall documentaries. Hello there. This is a fly, and uh, it's on the wall. Yeah. Right, it's a fly, and uh, the fly is on the wall. On I'm the making wall. a documentary about it. Yeah. There's a fly there. Yeah. There's a close-up of the fly on the wall, as I said. Yeah. And uh, I 
at this joke, I should point out as far as walls go, yeah. that wall has without a doubt got a fly on it. This is crap. I saw it last week. Flies don't do much on the wall. They just walk about aimlessly making patterns and going toilet. It's a disgrace. I pay my licence fee. Hold on a second. I don't pay my licence fee. That's right. But anyway, I don't avoid paying my licence fee to get a load of repeats. I'm risking a £200 fine and three months in prison to watch rubbish like this. It's disgraceful. The BBC should get themselves on it. Jacqueline Dupre, struck down with multiple sclerosis. Itzhak Perlman, confined to a wheelchair with polio. Disease often strikes gifted musicians at the height of their powers. So can you help, Nigel? Nigel is still in his 20s, but sadly, he has been struck down by a cruel and pernicious disease. He has acquired the common touch syndrome. This was Nigel in 1970. Yes, Nigel. School? Of course. Hey, Off you go, Nigel. But one day when he was a little older, Nigel heard something shocking from his record company. Thanks for coming in, Nigel. Love. I've right. just got your latest recording on the machine now. Let's have a listen to it's it. Apparently it's very good, I've been told. Okay. Here we go. You like it Nigel, yes? that is Gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I put a lot of work into it. That is gorgeous, I Nigel. But there's just one problem. What's that? Your records are selling very well. Yes. But never to the working classes. Oh, golly gosh, that means I'm not making as much money as I could. Nigel. Yes. I want you to do something, something for me. Something oh. rather personal. Yes. Something that's our little secret. Oh, dear. Nigel, I want you to become rough trade. Rough trade! <laughs> At this precise point, Nigel became HMV positive. <laughs> Poor Nigel, his condition became chronic. Chronic, man, chronic. He's become almost terminally patronizing. Please give as much as you can to the patronizing musician's benevolent fund. We'll see that Nigel receives a refresher dose of elocution lessons and has his leather jacket surgically removed. Only then can the working classes return to their Richard Claderman and their sing-along Max. Help Nigel before he follows in a long line of Kennedys to be assassinated. And next week, Ben. Ben is an alternative comedian with a degree whose parents are both Oxbridge Dons and who, for some reason, speaks with a Cockney accent. Thank you very much indeed, because you say Carmina and I say Carmina. You say Burana and I say Burana. Carmina, Burana, Carmina, Burana. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> You are felt that punchline arriving about six months ago. Look at the state of this corridor. It's disgusting. They're like animals. I wish they'd piss in the lift like any other decent human being. It's like living in squalor. On the way home to my luxury old penthouse flat, I meet Dr. Dreyfus, Britain's only one-fingered gynaecologist. Disgusting. Oh, oh, it's Mr. Dreyfus. Hello, Mr. Dreyfus. Dr. Dreyfus. Doctor. Dr. The good doctor is kneeling outside his front door with his whole arm up to the armpit, pushed through his letterbox, feeling his hat stand and giving it a no-nonsense exploratory. It's just not right. I mean, what are you doing, Dr. Dreyfus? Such a business that I'm stuck. Stuck already? Stuck that my letterbox should develop vaginisimus. So ask me what sort of day I've had. Uh, what sort of day have you had? Don't ask. Such a terrible day. Have I suffered? Have I suffered? Have I suffered? Uh, have you suffered? 
We have suffered. We, oppression, refugees, walking, walking the Holocaust, the ghetto, the Anschluss, the Yellow Star. Never forget such an obscenity, a blight, a blight on humanity. And you even think of forgiveness. Never again will we permit. And still we are oppressed. Rouse! Raus, students, and the walking and the cattle trucks, the hunger don't talk to me, hunger, into the showers, rouse my mother, my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, so much pain, so much torture, so much suffering, we will avenge, we uh, will avenge, ordinary Israel. Not been a good day, then. Not been a good uh, day. Anyway, I must point to something out, Dr. Dreyfus. Uh, uh, I've looked you up in Who's Who, Dr. Dreyfus, and, uh, Dr. Dreyfus, you are not a gynaecologist, and furthermore, you're not Jewish. Ah, you know I'm not Jewish? That's right. Uh, you're a pork butcher from Accrington, name of Fred Quiable, and you've got onto my series under false pretenses. Uh, I think I better explode. Good heavens, he's, he's blown himself up. Uh, still, good riddance, I say. That's him out of the series. His agent was asking too much money anyway, and his ratings was crap. He was never popular. Never popular. <laughs> Look at the state of this! I walked through the front door to collect the post. I went to a sea of mail, including the usual adoring fan matters. Oh, I'm so flattered. What's this say? It says, Dear Mr. Smith, we know you remove the dead dog's heads and bury them in the garden. We saw you committing a hunnish act with a doggy's bottom. They all split in the same place. You are sick. Next on the map, I find a packet containing a free sample. I don't know. It's always always something new in this house. (laughs) Oh, look, it's a free sample, Mrs. Tribby. Look, it says, Try our new improved formula, dehydrated Take six. Just pop the tablets into a cup of water and hey presto, a refreshing cup of a cappella singing. Oh, I must try this at once. There's the six tablets. I'll plop them all in. There's one bass, two baritones, a couple of tenors, and an alto. Et voila! It's take six! Et in my very own beaker. What are you going to sing for us this week, boys? More of your usual religiously didactic tripe. We're going to sing Mary. Mary. Take it away, boys. Here's your starting note. Well, well, I'm singing Mary. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to Martha, don't you mourn. Well, 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 Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to mourn. Cause there was only Don't you know that in drowned in the Red Sea Singing Mary Oh Mary don't you weep Tell Martha not to mourn Martha don't you mourn Well well singing Mary Oh Mary don't you weep Tell Martha not to mourn One more time, sing 
about Mastermind. Our first contestant is... Victor Lewis-Smith. And you are answering questions on Jack Shit. Okay. Mr. Smith, you have three minutes starting now. Three humiliating minutes later. And the last letter in the word Jack is K. Mr. Smith, you scored no points and passed on 93. The boys in take six are right. You clearly don't know nothing about Jack Shit. That's it from Mastermind this week. Next week, as usual, I've been slipping up on my questions and there'll be four middle-aged, ugly people who obviously have spent all their time reading books because for them, sex with anybody other than themselves has always been right out of the question. And, oh dear, I've been talking so much, we seem to have strayed into the part of the sick tune nobody ever hears. And is it any wonder? What a load of dross! And I tell you something else. I just can't impersonate Magnus Magnuson. I can try it time and time... You hear this stuff on Radio 3 Early music from the 15th century Our playing is authentic, yes it is true This music was grabbed in those days too Yes, tittle sounded better alive than dead. A day of radio free comes, comes pretty, pretty dear. It costs more than radio wonder does in a year. As for audience figures, not a lot. Just a bearded wonder from the sea. 
Stop it! Stop I'm it! You popped! Stop it right now! You popped! Stop immediately! I'm sorry. You what? popped! I'm head of my friends at the BBC. You popped into your microphone. You popped! I'm afraid you popped. No, I didn't. You did. You popped. No arguments. Thank you very much. We'll wind back and see. Oh. Here we are. In a tricky week in my luxury or penthouse flat. Stop. Q E D. Say what? Say what? You popped on the P in penthouse. That's P- what? Penthouse. Yes, you overloaded the microphone and you popped. I'm sorry, but you popped. And that's it. Right, right, I popped. It's no big crime. Now can I get on with the program, please? I'm sorry. But there must be retribution. <laughs> we allow most things on the BBC. Tedious chat shows, David Travis, Margaret Howard, Derek Jimson, even John Walters. It's no crime being dull on the BBC. No crime, in fact. We prefer it that way. But what we will not stand for is popping. We're very thorough at the BBC. It doesn't even matter if it were Her Royal Highness's Christmas speech. <laughs> We can't have that, and we cannot have that on the BBC. Put the barrel of this gun in your mouth, please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pull the trigger. Whoa. Goodbye, Queen. Good heavens, it's not blue after all. Yes, you don't get a second chance if you pop on the BBC. President Kennedy, for example. Hold on, wasn't he assassinated by the Mafia? Oh, no, no, no. No, he popped in Dealey Plaza. Oh. And Ceausescu? Ceausescu, he was Popped a... on the World Service. Really? That famous film in the 1960s as well. Do you know that v- Vietnamese gentleman? Oh, what, the one screwing up his eyes and being shot through the head by the Viet Cong? No, it... you've got the one. Brains all over the floor. Terrible. Not shot by the Viet Cong, though. He uh-huh. was being interviewed by a researcher from you and yours. It was a vox pop. He took it too literally and he popped, and so he popped his clogs. Dear, this is starting to sound like an Arthur Askey routine, I have to say. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. He's another one. You see, he popped on the word pollen in his famous hit, The Bee Song. Oh, I like that. Tragic. And now it's your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid we're going to have to pulverise you. What did you say? Pulverise. You popped. Oh, my God. You popped. No. You popped. No. <laughs> Good afternoon, admissions. Oh, I wonder if you can help me. Um, I was speaking to your vice-chancellor um, of the Oxford University at a Masonic meeting uh, a couple of nights ago, and he suggested I phone you personally uh, to talk about the possibilities of my going attending study mm. at uh, the University of... Um, sorry, where is it? Oxford? Yes. Yes, oh, Oxford. Yeah. University of Oxford. Um, actually, you'd have to laugh because um, I'm walking up the A1 at the moment um, with a cell net phone, as you can probably hear. Uh, yeah. So I can hardly hear you. I wonder if you could talk up, please. Yes, of course. Uh, right. Now, have you got a degree? What's a, de- what's a degree, dear? Um, well, it's the qualification you get if you come to the university. Oh, what? It's just for the day? No, well, what, sorry, what, what have you got in mind? Nothing that I know of. I have had no um, particularly advanced primary education mm. I was in fact I phoned the University of Cambridge uh, some months ago and they said that uh, one CSE in domestic science wasn't I, I think the gentleman said up to scratch mm. but um, I wanted to do psychology um, yeah. do you do that yes we do uh, so I said to your vice chancellor he said phone immediately because we go to the same lodge um, 
I said I wanted to do this psychology business. He said, what is the difference between um, a magician and a psychologist? Yeah. And, and uh, I said, I don't know. He said, well, a magician pulls a rabbit out of a hat and a psychology gets a habit out of a rat. Oh. <laughs> I had to laugh. Who was at Oxford, by the way? When? Who's that? Sir Christopher When? 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 Yes. Could you speak up a bit, please, dear? It's the traffic. You said, who was at Oxford? And I wanted to know what you meant by... Uh, when? When were you thinking about? Lots oh. of people have been at Oxford. Well, famous people. Mrs. Thatcher. I don't think I'll be going to Oxford. That's put me right off. Oh, Anyone yeah. else? Dead and old? Just a moment. Richard, who was dead and was at Oxford? Most of them. <laughs> Robert Graves. How Robert Graves. Oh, that's an appropriate name for a dead man. Indira Gandhi. So, I mean, there's a whole sort of... Uh, Could you write those down on a piece of paper and send them to me, do you think? Yes, of course. Right, OK. The thing is, uh, if your only qualification is the CSE in domestic science... Yeah. Um, I think it would be helpful if you did a pre-university course. Right, OK. Well, I did go to a good school. It was approved. <laughs> if you get my, my little gist. Yes. Yes, I, right, I I've got to go, that. I've got to cross the road now. Do you know what the Green Cross code is? Do be careful. I think you must look left, right... Oh, no, I don't... There's blood everywhere. Help me. You said turn left and right. You're supposed to look right and left. You're asking me to do a bleeding degree at Oxford and you don't even know how to cross the bleeding road. What sort of university are you? Give the wrong sort of advice. Feeling somewhat peckish, I decide to eat Chinese. Feeling somewhat peckish, I decide to eat Chinese. Normally I head towards my local French bistro. However, after an unsavoury experience last week, I vowed never to go there again. I made the mistake of ordering salad and asking for some French dressing. The maitre d'hôte immediately called Gaston and Pierre out of the kitchen and told them to put their clothes on. I'd like to thank Mr. and Mrs. Geoffrey Turnbull of Bromley for that excellent joke. They've a split brain operation for two performed by a gentleman with a large trepanning drill, but no former neurosurgical qualification. Instead, I make for the Wang King, my local Chinese takeaway run by the eminent Taoist philosopher and sinological master of the Egg Fu Young, Mr. Lao Tzu. And I tell you something, it's uncanny that every time I walk into your rather splendid Chinese food emporium, you're always playing the same piece of music. Oh, don't know about that, but I'll tell you a funny thing. I don't know about that, but you'll tell me a funny thing, you know. Oh, electrical goods, yes. Oh, but I know I have to wear plug ons. Why do they never have plugs on, yes? Oh, I don't know. The shop is you'll say 50p by shoving bare wires into the socket. Yeah, the shop thinks you want to say 60p by shoving the bare wires into the socket. That's absolutely true, oh, Mr. Lowe. I'll tell you it's a very, very funny, another funny thing. Tell you another funny thing, yes. Oh, everyone's program talking about what happened to Dr. Dreyfus. I killed him off. Everybody on the program is talking about what happened to Dr. Dreyfus and how I killed him off. Yes. Oh, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing, yes. It's a horrible thing, yes. He spent six weeks being a racial stereotype and all the thanks he got was 20 pounds of Semtex. Oh, I think I'll send you a lot of Oh, you can't think the same thing's going to happen to you. No, Mr. Lao Tzu, it's not going to happen to you. In your case, I'm going to use 30 pounds of explosives. Dear, dear, my barbecue spare ribs are a trifle singe. Turn out to be not so much a programme, more a pogrom. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Posty. I hope you don't mind me saying so, but you're rather late on your rounds this morning, aren't you? Bishop. Fair point. Shopcake. My postman's crap is walking through my gate. Surprisingly enough, he's very, very late. Well, what's 12 hours anyway, eh? Early in the morning. Well, not very early in the morning. In fact, sometimes at the crack of noon With letters sent in March but delivered in June As he whistles some horrible moronic tune 
He's as popular with me as a fart in a crowded lift. Your bone idol you are. Yeah, he's a telegram. I opened it in error. Opened in error? Yeah, we went on holiday to Dublin. That's in error. Anyway, I had it in my pocket and I read it. It says your mother's dead. Oh, She's kick bucket. Oh nah, don't worry. They buried her weeks ago. I've had it on me for a couple of months, actually. Oh. Oh. My postman's crap. My postman's dross. When it comes to my packages, he couldn't give a toss. He folds in half my letter that says photographs do not bend. I say... Look, it says photographs do not bend! Well, they bloody well obviously do bend, my friend. Down at the sorting office, they play football without a ball. They use parcels labelled fragile glass, and they head them against a wall. Hey, that's to me! Nice word. Hey, what's in this one, anyway? Stained glass, it says. Oh, well, if it's stained, no-one's going to care, are they? Uh, on the edge. Go on, Eddie! Whoop. Happened. Yeah, that was a very fine song, and so say all of us. Highly hysterical material about first-class mail, sung by a second-class male. And what? I think all the Radio 1 secretaries will agree with that epithet. Hey? Uh, they tell me that making love to him is like a roller coaster ride. What? Over far too quickly, and afterwards they want to throw up. But there what? you are. That was Victor Lewis Smith, written uh, oh. by Paul Sparks and Victor Lewis oh, Smith. No. The voices and music were by Mr. Lewis Smith, who also produced the programme. How dare you suggest that women think I'm a lousy lover? What? Well, after all, how can any woman make a judgment like that in two minutes? Oh, dear. How pathetic. Cue the tape, why? Immediately. And there's more from Victor Lewis Smith at the same time next week, including singing telegrams and original sin. I did that first. I'm talking to Hal Cruttenden in a very hot room of the comedy club. It is hot in here, isn't it, Mm. Hal? It is. It is. It's boiling. It's particularly uncomfortable. I do sweat quite badly. Are you a sweater? Uh, I don't sweat as much as I notice you do. Um, (laughs) It's also because I'm near you. (laughs) (laughs) What's the hottest gig you ever did? You must have ever done one of those like Edinburgh ones in August when you're in a cave or something. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, Pleasant Cellar. Pleasant Cellar. What am I? Yeah. How can I forget this? Twenty twelve.